Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fearless Generations with Terry Sayer and Kelly Fox. Hello and welcome to Fearless Generations. Tonight we are talking the 12 steps to freedom. Step number four, compassion. And we're talking about understanding tonight. This is Kelly Fox. I'm excited to be here with you and with my beautiful co-host, Terry Sarah. How are you doing tonight, Terry? I'm doing amazing. Glad to be here. Always glad to be with you. Aw, thanks. Yes, we are so happy to be here with you. And I love the step of compassion and all the different aspects that we break it down to in this month. And I think that um, it's very much one leads to the other. Um, Like we talked about kindness, then we talked about intuition last week, and this week we're talking about understanding. And when we got off the show last week, I was messaging back and forth with our with our guest coach that's on again this week that was on last week as well. And we'll bring be bringing her on in just a second. And it was just like, "Oh my gosh, everything you said led right to this week." So, I'm really excited to uh get started. So, everyone, please welcome Gentry Potter. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. <laughs> making sure. mm-hmm. <laughs> <Awesome>. Yeah, <laughs> we hear you. Um, yeah, and I'm super excited to have you back on because we don't normally have um, guest coaches like in a row where they they come on one week and then they come on again. So I love this because, and I might start doing this <laughs> going <laughs> forward because it's like we we get a we get a little taste, a little feel for you, and then we get a little bit more. So I like it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I think you. It's so fun to be on amazing. here. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, we, it's just fun to be on the on. other side. <laughs> I'm usually yeah. the one hosting things, so it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not in charge. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've I've had that experience a couple times too, being on um, other podcasts or vlogs, and it's a little nerve wracking, but it's fun. <laughs> Yes. You don't know what they're going to ask the, you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I but love yeah. it. So thank you for the honor of, of being on your show today. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Our our pleasure. So we're talking about compassion still, as I said, and with the emphasis on understanding. So I'd love to start us off with just how do you tie those two together? Um, so I'm really going to jump into, um, and we can, you can tell me like how much you want or how much you want me to pull back, but, um, I have <laughs> like my favorite tool. I always have tools, right? Coaches have great tools. Right. Um, and this yep. is something that, um, I just have found as I've, I've tweaked it and I've played with it and I use it with my clients. Um, and in my group coaching and just even with friends, like it just is one of those things that it just can be used over and over again. And so talking about compassion and understanding, um, and I know we, we, um, 
I, I helped kind of bring in that concept of compassionate curiosity into the conversation last week. Mm-hmm. So bringing that back in again and just like pushing that even further forward, um, I created this uh, method, if you want to call it that. So I call it the Shiro Rescue Method. And it's an acronym for Shiro. And it's literally mm-hmm. this process where you take yourself through any situation, right? You're trying to get clarity, whether it's your own stuff or with a significant other, or it could be your boss, um, it could be your child. It can apply to anyone, anywhere, anytime, any situation. But you're taking these five different steps to really work yourself through that process of just like, okay, I need to understand and see, like, where are my blind spots? Where am I not showing compassion to myself or to the other human being? Where do I need to figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you what it is, like, briefly, because um, it could be, okay. like, I could talk about this forever. <laughs> or <laughs> I can just make it, like, a quick, like, this is what it means. And then we can kind of dive into more if you want to. Um, so the acronym is Shiro. So S is stop and self-evaluate. And what that means is really taking a look at something and taking away our own personal perception or judgment. I might have brought this up last week. I've been talking about this a lot, so remind me if I didn't. Um, but I, don't I think have so. been reading. Well, so there's a there's a term in the um, the book, the America or what is it, A Course in Miracles, and they talk about um, when you project your own perception on things, right? And uh-huh. so it's like we all live out of our own little tiny lens of how we project. Everything that we do, whether or not we're aware of it, of our own perception based on our past experiences, based on trauma, based on whatever it is that we've lived up until that moment in time. And then we create it over and over and over again, and we're not even aware. And so that S, that stop and self-evaluate, is really that juiciness of like, what's actually happening here? If I take out my own projection and perception, if I take out my own judgment, my own, what I think is happening here because I want it to work in my favor, right? And just look mm-hmm. at it from, like, what's what's real here versus what's perceived. Like, if there's a mm-hmm. video camera, if I could bring in a video camera to capture this moment, what would actually be happening here versus, like, say if it's a, um argument with your spouse or significant other and you're trying to look at it from a place of, like, well, I'm right and he's wrong because of all these things, Right. But when we peel mm-hmm. back the layers and peel back our perceptions, go, actually, what's happening here is we're both just really tired. We're both just overreacting. And it really has nothing to do with any of those things. Right? And so it's just peeling all mm-hmm. that away and just looking at, oh, it's just this. It really is just this right here. Um, so that's the S. H is get help. Women suck at this. It's like a four-letter word because it is four letters. And somehow it's like, oh, we don't get help because we're supposed to be you know, Molly Homemaker, we have to do it all. We have to be it all for everyone. We have to serve. We have to, you know, make our kids happy. We have to make our spouse happy. We have to take brownies to the neighbors. We have to, you know, do service for our church. We have to do everything and somehow still have time for doing the things that make us fulfilled. And it just doesn't work. So if we get help, whether that's just instituting our, our family members to do their part, right? Pick up your own messes, Mm -hmm. throw away your own trash, whatever, like the simple little things, or it might be hiring someone in your business or 
hiring someone to help you at home, hiring someone to do your taxes. Like there's so many different variables. There's always a possible option. A lot of, a lot of women get stuck there because they're like, oh, I don't have the money. Okay, that's the story, right? Stop and self-evaluate. Back it up. Mm-hmm. Like what's actually happening here? How can you make that work? Maybe you can do a trade with someone. Maybe you can, there's always a way, right? So we have mm-hmm. stop and self-evaluate. Get help. E is excuses. We're full of them. We need to stop making excuses. Mm-hmm. It's so easy, right? It's so easy to blame our kids, our spouse, our, uh, you know, whatever. I'm tired. The dog ate my homework. Like, we're trained to make excuses in our culture, right? Um, but it's not working. Mm-hmm. And then um, R is responsibility, okay? So we've stopped and self-evaluated. We got help. We stopped making excuses. And now we get to take ownership and responsibility. Like, where's our part in this? We, there, there, there's always a part that belongs to us, whether or not we like it. <laughs> we might be arguing sure. with our kids all the time or, or our kids aren't listening to us or um, arguing with our husband or whatever. But even if something's happened to you, right, even if it is a very, like, traumatic experience, there's always a role that we play in there somewhere, right, where it's like we are either mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to be a victim, we're not – we're not taking ownership. We're in fear. Like there, there can be so many different scenarios, but there's always something that we can do. There always is a, you know, we're really good at focusing on what we can't because it's just our natural mind, right? Like, oh, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I can't do that. What can you do, right? Take that ownership. And then the O is being open to possibility. Like what are the possibilities? I mean, that's, I think, the one thing that trips up most people every time is, the idea of, oh, my gosh, like, it doesn't have to look like this. I don't have to argue with my husband. I don't have to, you know, um, be a slave to my kids. Like, oh, they can pick up their own mess? Wow. Huh. What are the other possibilities, right? And so when we're, when we're opening ourselves up to possibility, anything can happen, right? And so it creates that mm-hmm. space for that compassionate curiosity, for that understanding, for that, okay, whether it's understanding yourself, understanding whomever we're coming across, it's creating that process and that pattern and creating a new habit and a new way of being. Um, And sometimes, you know, I need reminding too. It's not like I'm not human, (laughs) but it's just realizing, okay, there's, there's a way that this can work. And instead of it taking years, you know, then it goes down to months then it goes down to weeks of, oh, I can actually make this process happen more efficiently. This can actually happen with ease, and I can have some kind of say in how this works without trying to control people. We can't control anyone but ourselves. But when we realize, okay, I'm going to self-evaluate. What am I actually doing here? Where can I get help? Where can I stop making excuses? Where am I responsible? Because I am somewhere in this, or it wouldn't be happening. Um, because I wouldn't be allowing it or whatever the case. And how can I create more possibility? How can I create more options? How can I create better alternatives instead of, oh, I thought that there was only one option here and there's actually innumerable options, but I just decided for whatever reason that there was just one, right? Mm -hmm. So I know that was kind of long-winded, but... um, (laughs) No, it's great. It's... Yeah, it's a very powerful process. Um, And sometimes, you know, it might just be focusing on one piece of that process, right? Some people might be in Mm -hmm. the 
just self-evaluating like, oh, my gosh, I've never even been aware of this before, right? Sometimes it's just creating Mm -hmm. that awareness that there's even anything happening at all or that you're playing Mm -hmm. a role in it because we we don't always want to recognize that. I think a lot of times, you know, people – I think a lot of times people don't don't understand because they don't want to, and not that they realize they're doing that on purpose, but because it takes work. Like it takes work to really take a good hard look at yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm kind of sucking today. <laughs> like I'm kind of yep. not being a very nice person today. And, you know, we can yeah. back up the bus and, and without self-harming or anything, just be like, okay, you know, where can I have more compassionate curiosity? Where can I be more understanding and where can I change change the story because this one's not working, mm-hmm. but it's always a yeah. choice, right? I, yeah. I think a lot of what you just said goes along a lot with our, our steps too. Um, so our listeners, you know, can are actually kind of familiar with this, um, with this process, maybe not this order of things, you know, but definitely mm-hmm. familiar with it. So I think that, um, you're definitely um, you're definitely speaking speaking their language. So I think that I, I took I wrote it down. I took notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think yeah, I think that definitely you know it's always good when you look at even with information you already have to look at it from mm-hmm. a, even just a slightly different um, like just even the sentence forming the sentence different differently can open you up to thinking about oh, I didn't think of it that way, or, oh, I, I hadn't thought of this before, you know, even when you just, you know, you just look at the problem or the situation or the sentence or the phrase or whatever from just a different little bit of an angle. And so I think that it's, um, I think that that's really good. Like when you were talking about um, stop and self-evaluate, that made me think of my favorite tool, which is, are you making it up or is it true? Um, from mm-hmm. fearless swimming, mm-hmm. so so it's 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 basically the same thing, but it's just a little bit of a different way of of thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think I think this is great. I you know I would love I love that you're sharing that with our with our listeners. What do you think, Terry? Yeah, I was just uh, I was making all kinds of connections. I always I'm a, a big mm-hmm. fan of. of many different coaches and I, it always comes down to the fact that the truth is a truth and yep. there are steps, the steps that we can take. Um, they may be called different, a different thing by Marianne Williamson, maybe something else by, by Brene Brown or something else by Rhonda Britton or, you know, you just, but it comes or down Potter. to, yeah, or Gentry <laughs> Potter or Harry Sayre or Kelly Fox. And it just comes down to, um, to really, looking at the basics, the foundational pieces of being able to take responsibility for your choices and be aware that, that there's something that you're responsible for and having compassion for yourself and others. And then I think what overlays this whole process is honesty. And uh, honesty without compassion can be brutal. So compassion becomes such an important piece of honesty and when you're looking mm-hmm. at your excuses and you're looking at the level of responsibility you have, uh, honesty plays a huge part, honesty with yourself. And so it's just, you know, I, I, I wrote, wrote it down as well because it's just amazing to me how we can all come at things from a different perspective, from a different set of uh, vocabulary, 
and yet we're just telling the truth, you know. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. So in order to understand and to understand with compassion for ourselves and others, it takes these steps of awareness and a willingness and and connecting to ourselves and others and having compassion and being willing to be open and honest and responsible. And it's just um, it's just very satisfying and um, validating to be able to have these discussions and to ways that we can uh, make choices when change comes into our lives and be effective in terms of having compassion for ourselves and then turning that into compassion for those that we love and those that we meet and the whole humanity uh, issue of uh, how do we treat others and and uh, the golden rule, one of my favorite things, is treat others as you would like to be treated, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh-huh. I just uh, appreciate those steps, and, and I will add those to my repertoire of how I can tell the truth on how we can get along with each other and we can be responsible uh-huh. to ourselves. So, yeah, I was I really enjoyed that, uh, that, that perspective. And that, both of us taking cool. notes. Yeah. Well, I should have I forewarned you no. both. Yeah. yeah. In all fairness, I should have forewarned you both. Uh, you can get that for free from my website. So if you go to be the Shiro, so b e t h e Shiro s h e r o dot com, um, it's the little opt-in form pop-up. Um, then you put your email in there, you automatically get access to the whole Shiro rescue method, and it goes into further detail. Um, so that's available awesome. to anyone. So viewers who are listening, that's yeah. there for you for free. So, so yeah, sorry, I'll I should have warned you. I'll, put, <laughs> I'll link that in my. I'll put a link for that in uh, um, on the on the Facebook page for sure. Awesome. So they can easily get there. Yeah, I feel like for me, what came up um, when I was thinking about understanding was when you understand that. I think the biggest understanding that brings compassion for me at least is when you understand that these choices that you've made in your past that you're not proud of or that you regret or you have up about were most likely about you trying to get your needs met and you were trying mm-hmm. to get your needs met with the skills that you had. And now that you mm-hmm. have more skills, um, you can meet your needs better. And that's the only re- that's the only difference is that you have better skills now than you had then that you can have more compassion for yourself and more compassion for the reason why you did this or that. And also I think when you understand what those needs are, especially like the core needs that you have and you're able to seek out skills to get those needs, those needs met, you know, more um, in the way that you would want them to be met, (laughs) right. That are in a, Mm -hmm. in alignment with your values and the, your commitments and, how you want to show up, then, um, you know, then you can have, you can have compassion for that, that, that girl who didn't have those skills, um, you know, and was getting her needs met the way that she, the only way she knew how. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's one standing, I think, when you can kind of understand that, um, that brings, compassion I think also when you see other people and them behaving in ways that you know are maybe inappropriate or um, in a way that you wish they didn't you can see them with that same 
you know, heart of understanding and compassion and saying, okay, they're trying to get their needs met in the only way that they know how and, um, and not take it, you know, too personal or, you know, get offended because, you know, everybody is really, when it comes down to it, everybody is trying to get their needs met. I would definitely agree with that because I think, you know, as I've gone through my own healing journey and I say that with, you know, also adding that we're never really done. Right. But just, you know, right. I, I guess I could say really it's been the last six years that I have really begun to evolve and I'll continue to do so. But, you know, I, um, I grew up in a, in a culture and in a, a home where there was a lot of religion, um, which, you know, a lot of that was good foundationally, but it also kind of, um, I didn't really learn how to be diverse and how I viewed other people. And over time, especially over the last six years, I've really come to a fuller understanding of just viewing the world from that compassionate, you know, that compassionate curiosity and understanding of like, you know what, I don't, I don't have to have the same belief system or have the same gender attraction or have the same skin color or anything but I can still see you as a human being and I can hear who you are and hear your story and hear, you know, where you come from and have this desire to really know you. And Mm -hmm. we can be, um, you know, we can be in the space of really finding compassion and joy and connection with each other. And ultimately, you know, it all, it always goes back to love. Like I can love this human being and disagree with them on, so many levels, but I can love them. Like I don't, you know, I, I have siblings Absolutely. who live alternate lifestyles and I'm like, you know what? Um, and it's not from a separate place though. I think a lot of times, you know, when we're taught and I'm, I'm not bashing religion, like there's good and everything. Right. Um, but I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like it's so disconnect when we're taught, you know, love, love your fellow man or your fellow brother or sister or whatever. Right but it sometimes feels really disconnected, like love them, but don't be among them or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, some of the greatest teachers on the planet taught that not only to love them and not judge them, but be among them and be one with them and understand them. And you don't have to live the way that they live, but have compassion for them because they're all human beings going through the same kinds of struggles that might look different than yours, but it kind of goes back to what you were saying, Kelly, like they just want to be heard. They just want to be seen. Mm -hmm. They just want to be loved. They just want connection. They want all the same things that we do. And it's just saying, you know what? I see you as a human being and you see me as a human being and we can be completely different human beings. And it's totally fine because we can see each other through the eyes of love and not through the filters of judgment and misunderstanding and all of that. And oftentimes I think if there ever is any misunderstanding, it's because we're missing that compassion truly mm-hmm. because we're, yeah. there's something there that, yeah. And there's, if you think about, um, you know, I, I actually have a friend who studies and now teaches as a professor um, in the field of um, conflict resolution. And I've seen some studies and things out there that say that, like 99% of the time the conflict is, is started because of a small misunderstanding. 
And it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, we let that little thing, right, that because we're not aware of, like, what's actually happening here, right? The whole process of just, like, oh, my gosh, that one little thing that we decided it meant this and it actually didn't mm-hmm. turns into something completely explosive. It could create wars among nations, right? But when mm-hmm. we let that well, go, it does. go, okay, it does. yeah, it does. <laughs> it actually does. I mean, if we, yeah. if we could so, live by that principle, we wouldn't, mm-hmm. we would, you know, what would the world be like? I mean, it's like the old cliche, love makes the world go around. I mean, really, mm-hmm. God is love. And if we could just have that kind of an attitude and that kind of understanding one with another, though, there would be peace. And there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it just would be a whole different, it would be a whole different world. I mean, even just to do that in a small group of of people, you know, an organization is like almost asking for the impossible. And yet in reality, that is exactly what can cure the lack of understanding is to see each other's innocence and love each other as being human beings, you know, and, mm-hmm. and don't have to agree. But it's like it's almost in society today, if you don't agree with me, I, you know, oh, you have a right to do what you believe, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, that but, which just negates the whole thing. Um, yeah. If you don't agree with me, then you're evil or you're someone to be mm-hmm. feared. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you yeah. more that that's, that's the answer. Yeah, I was, so this reminds you, me, you, I was just going to share, uh, Kelly, if this is okay, this little story. Yeah, go um, ahead. So, and I can't remember his name. I'd have to look him up. But um, so I'm in Denver and I, oh gosh, I want to say it was about a year and a half ago. I think it was in the summer. So I went to the Denver TEDx and I watched it live. It was so awesome. And there was That's one particular cool. gen- gentleman there who his whole conversation was about this experience that he had. He was a big black man. Um, he was very fit, like just, you know, just big, solid guy. And he was sharing how um, at the time it was when all the Black Lives Matter stuff was going on and all these, um, you know, cops, you know, uh, Caucasian cops shooting black men and vice versa and just all that craziness that was going on. And what he had decided to do was try to understand the other side. And so what he did, and he found that, um, you know, social media can play a a big role in all of this for good or bad, right? And Mm -hmm. so what he did was he went through Facebook and he created a false account and basically created an account um, that would be exactly everything exactly opposite of his belief. So, you know, white, um, you know, very conservative, um, just anything that he could figure out because he was trying to understand, like, why are these people behaving this way and why are they, you know, seeing things this way? Like, why do they feel so justified in this? And so he created this entire false account. And what he discovered, just so fascinating, was that that um, what Facebook does is create these algorithms where it starts to show you more of what you are creating. So if he would create a post about being anti-black or, being anti-whatever, right, it would start adding more of that to his feed. He would start seeing it in his feed. He would start seeing ads related to it. And soon after, you know, months of doing this, as hard as it was for him, he realized, I understand. He says, I understand why they might feel the way they feel because if that's what is, you know, that perception that they're being fed is that this is justified and, 
you know, and then they're just seeing a completely different viewpoint from what he could see. He was like, I, I understand now and not that it's right. And not that, you know, what everyone's doing on the opposite end is right. But what if we just come together with that compassion and that understanding of we may have different viewpoints based on, um, you know, the way that we've been raised, our culture, our schools that we attend, our churches that we attend. Like we build entire societies around our singular belief systems. And so when that's Mm -hmm. all that we know, it's all that we see, eat, sleep, and breathe, that's, that's the world, that little bubble that we live in then we feel justified in harming other people who are in their own little bubble on the other side of the, of the street or the tracks or however you want to put it, right, where they're having their own cultural experience based on their family upbringing, based on their religion, based on their uh, schools and all the things that they've been taught. And so each feels that they are right. But who's right? Ultimately, uh-huh. who's right? You know, and it's, and it's not that anyone's right or wrong. It's that it's what we know. And mm-hmm. so it's really stripping that away and going, okay, is this actually true, right? Like what we were saying in the beginning, is this actually true? Or is this what I have been taught to be true and what I have perceived to be truth? And regardless, mm-hmm. can I see that other person still as a human being and treat them with that kindness and that compassion that they deserve just for simply being a human being? Mm-hmm. And as we start to have that compassion and that love, that's actually at that same TEDx event, there was also two women who were on opposite sides of the voting poll. And they were best friends. And they realized that, oh, we have very differing beliefs and very different viewpoints. They, they you know, loved each other for everything else. They had so much in common in every other possible way. Their kids, you know, got together. It was, they were like family. And they realize that, you know, we can't let this divide us. We can try to have compassion and understanding. And under, and really the whole point was, you know, how can we understand why this person feels the way they do and why that person feels the way they do instead of trying to be right, instead of saying I'm right and you're wrong because I know this and you don't, right? Like we like to, we like to try to prove to everybody why we're right. Instead of actually having curiosity and going, you know what, I'm curious, tell me, like, why do you feel that way? Why do you have that political viewpoint or why do you have that belief system? Please help me understand. It changes Mm -hmm. everything when we actually have that desire to understand, whether it's from a political standpoint or, you know, an upbringing standpoint. It it doesn't matter what the standpoint is. That's not really the point. But the point is that we can have very differential viewpoints, different, um, you know, understandings of why the world turns the way it does. And yet what happens if we just come together and say, you know what, I've got some, some knowledge here that makes sense to me. And you've got some knowledge over here that makes sense to you. And even though our knowledges don't make sense to each other, let's, let's actually try to have a conversation in here and not in a way of I have to be right, but in the way of I have compassion on you and I, I just want to understand. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are completely out of time, ladies. I am so sorry. I wish <laughs> we could keep going. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry. I get Gabby. It's so, it's so fun. It's okay. <laughs> it happens. It happens. When there's three people talking, it, it just goes by quickly. But we loved having you on the show. And if you guys want to hear more from Gendry, she shares so much of herself in her Facebook group and her um, on her Facebook page. And I will put that link 
um, to get the the information on her um, on her five steps in on the Facebook page for you, and um, go check her out and get more and more and more. But we thank you, everybody. We thank you for coming back each week and listening. And we thank you, uh, Gentry, for being on the show so much. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Terry. And until next week, be fearless, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Good night.